Last time, on Taverns and Caverns Side Stories. The group of mercenaries that I've hired so far have proven themselves to be capable in combat, surprisingly. So far, they've been able to help me defeat several of my pursuers from Ashai. Powerful ones at that. But we now find ourselves reaching these so-called Elohim Ruins, hoping to cross through it in order to bypass any of the battles between the Orcish tribes in these marshes and to possibly avoid the dangerous creatures of the Atoni hunting grounds. However, it seems passing through these ruins won't be as easy as we thought. I must make it to the Azurian Brotherhood no matter the cost. If I fail now, I would never be able to forgive myself. Side Stories, Episode 13, Sorceress of Aloria, Part 5. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Taverns and Cavern Side Stories, everyone. We'll be continuing our adventure with our fun cast with Jake, Rod, Pat, or Casper, whichever he wants to go by, and Kai. And if we remember last time on Side Stories, they had just reached a ruins known as the Elowen Ruins within the Dark Fen Marshes. And our party was traveling on the northern border of the Darkman Marshes to avoid any of the skirmishes that were taking place by many of the Orcish tribes that live in the marshes. So by traveling up near the border, they're up along the lands known as the Itoni Hunting Grounds, which is a very dangerous area that's located in the Kurumo Plains. But in order to get through the Darkman Marshes, our party has to get through the Iluin Ruins. And once they're out of that, they'll be stepping into the Kurumo Plains or the Atoni Hunting Grounds. And once through there, they'll have to pass the Falgar River to get into the nation of Zogun. So last time, though, our party was attacked by some Edercaps while they were trying to, I think, camp, I think. Or did you guys camp afterwards? I can't remember. But Camp afterwards. Yeah, okay, you guys camped afterwards. And not only did Edercaps attack the party, they were also surprised by a Mimic which our lovely rogue Sam Londren was tricked into Coerced. inspecting because of Yalar and Bog. <laughs> but Man, our party was able to... Bog. <laughs> but our party was able to succeed in defending themselves against the Mimic and the Edercaps. And afterwards, they decided to take a long rest while in the ruins. So we're going to go ahead and pick up where we left off, everyone, you're able to get your long rest for the night. Nothing really comes out at you. You're still near the entrance of the ruins. And I know you all decided to have at least someone watch every couple of hours, stay awake and keep guard. But for the most part, everyone's able to get a decent rest. So everyone's HP should be full. Your spells are all back. And we are now going to just take off. It's early morning. I'm going to say it's about six o'clock in the morning. Eska's already awake. She is eating some of her rations and drinking some tea. What is the rest of the party doing as morning hits? Kai is just looking further into the ruins, just staring. Is Kai going to do any inspections? Is he going to try and go any deeper to kind of look into there? Or are you just kind of staying next to the fire and the, the party? I'm staying next to the fire and party. He said, hell no, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a squishy ranger. I'm uh I'm a hang back. <laughs> <laughs> it's All a right. archery for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. And remember, the further down the ruins takes you, which you have to go further down, the darker it gets. So the entrance area where you're currently at, some of the sunlight from outside is starting to pierce into parts of the entrance, but not enough to really light up the entire ruins, at least in the area that you're in. But you do have your fire around you, so it's it's fairly lit in the current location you're at. It's lit! But yeah, it's lit as fuck! Um, but the further you go, it's going to become darker and darker, so you're going to need a source of light. So keep that in mind. I believe I've got that well in hand. Gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead. and At this point, uh, Eckert will uh, place around... Does Luna wear, like, a harness or anything? Sure. Never <laughs> really thought about it, to be honest. Is she just, like, she's just a wolf? She ain't got shit on her? That's okay. She didn't have to. I was just curious. Nah, she can have a harness. Okay. So he's going to use it, his cantrip of light, and he's going to cast it on Luna's harness and on his halberd. Um, and that's going to give a total of 20 feet radius on her and me, uh, of solid light for us to be able to see. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, Yalar and Sam, what are the two of you doing as you're waking up or are you already awake doing your own thing? I think Sam just kind of wakes up and it takes a big stretch and he just kind of like, you know, favors the uh, the lashings that he got the day before. I know they're all healed up, but he's like just thinking in his head, damn it, I'm never trusting that turtle again. <laughs> uh, or the turtle's word. I'll trust him as a, a, a fighting partner, but I won't I won't trust his his persuasion again. You know, he tells me to touch a chest. Um, and then kind of having like thoughts about how I could do better, you know. Okay. Uh, as Sam is slowly getting up from his slumber, you know, Eska sitting there, you know, rather peacefully sipping from her cup of tea. And she looks over at Sam. My dear friend, let's uh, hope you've learned your lesson. The further into these ruins we go, do not touch any chests. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not touching shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at Yalar. Is, y- is Yalar awake? Yalar is just now waking up. And oh, okay. Uh, okay. he's going to uh, greet everybody. Morning, Eska. Morning, gentlemen. Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't say anything to Ylar. I just say, good morning, Bog. Trying to be nice to the skull that everybody thinks is a rock, but it's not a rock. It's a skull. <laughs> if it would have been if it would have been dignified that that was a, a skull before he said it was a rock, I don't think I would have made as much fun. <laughs> You live and learn. He's, uh, books. Uh, Yalar responds. Oh, well, Bog says good morning to you. He's going to make himself some more coffee. Eckhart will 100% partake in, in such uh, an effect. Also, uh, I, for sake of simplicity, Eckhart will not cast the light spells until we're looking to begin our travel through the ruins. Okay. Eska looks over at Yalar as he is preparing his brew of coffee. You sure enjoy that coffee there, Yalar. Are you sure you have more than enough of it? You're going to be going yeah. through it within days with the amount of coffee you've been drinking this last couple of days since we've left the town of Agra. Well, I've been missing out for a long time. I've got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> I hear too much coffee can be terrible for your health. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that true? Is it? <laughs> it's about the only thing that'll get me out of bed anymore. It also gives you the pupilates. <laughs> That's a good thing he's a turtle. They have cloacas. Oh, what now? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, let's, we don't need to talk too much on that. Okay. <laughs> Everyone wants to know that you poop by your little butthole just opening. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, since Eckhart brought it up, uh, you should give us more details. What's going on here? Uh, you, you're the ranger here. You know. <laughs> uh, poop. Uh, uh, how he defecates. You know what? I feel like I've earned this. I'm going to step away. <laughs> Elar is just going to just start drinking coffee. He's not even going to respond to that. He's going to make a mess on the way down. I'm not standing behind the turtle. Smart play. Well, if everyone, <laughs> once everyone has had their breakfast and their coffee, let us continue our journey. We can't stick around and do nothing for much longer. You know, as you, as you all know, we are being tracked, so... Go ahead and finish up your breakfast and your drinks, and let's get going. I want to get out of these ruins as soon as possible. I do not like these ruins. I don't like being trapped and feel like a prisoner here in these walls of this decrepit old building, fortress, whatever it used to be. Uh, These were once beautiful ruins from the stories I've been told. Well, beautiful or not, they are now ruins infested with creatures. Something I don't wish to stay in too long. And trickery. Fair, fair statements. All right, well, I've had my cup of joe, I've had some beans on toast, and I'm ready. Uh, Eska is going to stand up and grab her, her bag and belongings, and she's going to prepare herself to continue down into the depths of the Luin ruins. So once everyone is prepared, I'm going to go ahead and change the map. And you're going to all see a new map to the right be revealed here shortly. Yes, you can see the map to the right. Go ahead and place your characters to the bottom left. And I have revealed a portion of the map. So I'll go ahead and move Luna there. Oh, I see it now. Yes. I mean, you can put Luna wherever you want. She is just connected to me when I was moving. So as the party continues inwards of the ruins the the ruins begins to become more and more of like a cavern more so than the ruins now there's about i'd say 20 minutes of travel you're walking through the darkness you have your light guiding you but as you continue down into the depths of the ruins the concretes and stone that once surrounded you that were all in crumble slowly begins to shift into ground and you now feel a bit of a breeze blowing up against your skin and your hair as you're moving further down it becomes a bit colder there's a bit of a chill and all you hear around you is complete silence you don't hear any droppings of water or any movement you don't actually see any bugs or anything like that and the surrounding cavern area around you, it's still of a, like a, it has like a muddy texture to it, somewhat wet, but it's still, it's still hard enough 
that you're not sinking into the ground, but you are still in the swamp. So that would that would possibly be why it's a bit damp as you go further into these caverns. But as you're going down, the corridor that you stepped into becomes begins to shrink slightly. So it gets a little tighter and you can't see. You said that is 20 foot radius, the light you casted. Yeah, so okay. it would be like pretty much the length of where we're at. So it would fill up the better portion of this area. Okay. And Eckert will definitely be prone to wanting to kind of hold the front. Okay. Luna, so, I figure, is still going to be sticking with Eska. Is that fair, Kai? Yeah. Okay. So, so with with what's going on right now, mm-hmm. is it pretty much the whole area that we are is illuminated? Yes. Yes. So oh, okay. everything you can see is basically where what you can see on the map. Um, I have I have I have hidden the rest of the map because you don't know what's going on. Basically, would it be a disadvantage to oh, be okay. uh like? So I rolled a nineteen on my stealth, and I have a plus one uh, modifier because of my cloak. So would it be a disadvantage to you? I mean, since everything's lit right now, no, you can still you can still sneak and use your stealth if you hug the walls of the caverns. Now the, oh. the light obviously isn't like lighting up the entire area only within a 20 foot radius but you can still okay. sneak around the walls on the edges of the light around yeah, you. i prefer to use this so, my stealth abilities yeah and remember the the light is currently fixated on luna that's where eckard casted She's the light shiny. so so the further away you get from luna the darker it becomes oh he's lit and and remember, if you have dark vision, you can you can see a little bit further than others. And I'm pretty sure Kai has dark vision. I'm not sure about Sam. No, I do not. You know what? Okay. Oh, I wish. Okay. Probably. Actually, right. speaking of that, why don't I roll perception? Yeah, go ahead and roll perception if you'd like. Let's see. Do I see anything? Or is there something in my eyes? Oh, that was so close. All right. So you, have a, all right. you have a 13. So, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty decent it's right. roll. It's, it's an all right roll. But uh, as you're kind of looking further, you can see the corridor begins to shrink at a certain point, and I'll go ahead and reveal that point. But Kai, as you're looking ahead, you're able to tell that eventually there's a point you're going to have to sneak through or crawl through one at a time. And that area, here, let me reveal that. You do see that it's eventually shrinking to a point where you can only fit one at a time. But that's about all you can see. You don't see any creatures or any movement up ahead. But as you're walking through, Eska is just looking around. Keep your wits about you, gentlemen. I just have a feeling something is living down here. There's no way something is not, after everything we've seen in these ruins. Maybe uh, maybe Luna should do a perception check, too, see if she can hear anything. Yeah. Uh, Oof, seven, sucks. yeah. So uh, Luna is is kind of sniffing the ground, but she's not necessarily hearing anything in the distance. Sounds too natural. She's yeah. fine. So, as the party continues forward, though, you're going to have to go to this check, this little gut point. So, wh- how are we going to get through here? One at a time. Who's going first? Um, I would say, let me go ahead and start the walking. And Alright, so uh, everyone place your characters. Similarly. So, go ahead and place your characters how you want to do it. As Eckert takes the lead, Eckert, you find it begins to get somewhat more difficult with your heavy armor to fit through this tight space. It's it's about five feet wide, but with your, your pole arm and your heavy armor and your shield, it's, it's a really tight fit. But you're able to get through. 
So, Eckert, if you're going to go ahead and make a movement, then go ahead and place your character on the opposite side of that. That. Uh... Oh, right. And I, it's, a, it's a tighter fit, everyone, so play it safe. And as you're walking through there, I need you to make a dexterity uh, saving throw. Oh, well, that's not going to be best. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, do a dexterity saving throw. Let me see if I can get through it. Uh, <laughs> All right. So as Eckert is forcing himself through this this tight gap, take me a perception check, Eckert. Uh, I'm going to hold on to that deck save. Oh, God. But I actually meant you to do a perception first. Bye, Penella. Okay, so 21. Mm. All right, so mm. 21, Eckert, as you're stepping through this tight fit, you can hear something off in the distance. And at first, it sounds like a slight rumble. But a couple of seconds go by, and this is taking place as you're, like, pushing yourself through the hole. A couple of seconds go by, and the <clears throat> sound grows louder and louder. and it, is coming towards you from the darkness. And with a perception of 21, you definitely hear something is moving fast. And eventually, mm -hmm. you're able to see ahead of you, there is a large boulder rolling directly at you. Oh, shit. So, uh, we can grab his feet and pull him the, back. The, the boulder, you failed your deck saving throw, Eckerd. Oh, no. The boulder is going to come slamming into you. Ooh. Are you ready for this, Eckert? So we don't have time to like pull him or anything? Not this not this point in time. Oh, okay. Well, I'm you know what? Like, you know what? You know, I'll I'll allow Sam an attempt to try and pull him through because Sam is actually right right behind Eckert. Would I do like a strength dexterity check? Or I mean a strength uh, savings check or yeah, make me make me uh do a strength saving try and pull him out into the gap. Damn it. Okay, so so the DC to beat this was higher than the thirteen you rolled. So Eckerd, you you feel you feel Sam attempt to grab you. I'm assuming Eckerd, you're saying something, and Sam. Oh, is, there's a stone coming. Sam Sam is currently right behind Eckerd, and he's fitting through the small area himself as Eckerd steps out, and that's when the boulder starts coming towards you. Sam, you hear Eckerd kind of just yell out something, and you you attempt to grab him, but because of his heavy armor. And his, his halberd gets caught on the sides of the wall as you try to pull him back through. You're not able to pull him through fast enough. And this boulder comes slamming into you, Eckert. Are you ready for the I am. Uh, I, I will be here in just a second. I'm just looking to see if there are any reaction spells that I might have that could help to mitigate some of this damage. Okay. And do I get anything <clears throat> uh, like a plus to that strength save for a powerful build? Uh, you can you I count as one size larger determining determining my push pull drag or lift. I guess your pull would would do something. Now it doesn't oh, give you it doesn't necessarily give you a plus, does it? Like an added bonus. To it doesn't say anything. It just, it just says, means like, he can pull as... more weight normally. Okay, uh, so okay. yeah, in, in in this case, it wouldn't have done anything. Damn it! Um... Imagine me eating you out of that. Cave, like... <laughs> <laughs> You go flying backwards in the bog. <laughs> just further hates me. <laughs> Give me two, like, just a, a second and a half here. You're fine. All You're right, we're SOL. Well. Hit me. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. This, this giant boulder that rolls down towards you, Eckerd, 
it do slams it. into you. You, you. I'm assuming Eckerd's going to try and mitigate some of the damage with his shield. Yeah, but he's uh, going to try and couple with it as best he can. All right. So as the boulder, it's a large size boulder. So it's one mm-hmm. size category bigger than you. It comes chasing down and you eventually are slammed into or this boulder is slammed into you for 21 points of damage. <sighs> and as Eckerd is slammed by the boulder, you get pushed back into the tight fit with Sam. Sam, you find yourself being pushed back as well due to the speed and strength of this boulder pushing Eckerd back. And as the boulder slams against the small entranceway, it just stays put. And Eska's staring up ahead. What, what's going on up there? And the, the boulder's oh. now blocking your path. The entire path, up, down, left, and right. Yes, because it's only a five-foot squeeze through there. So okay. uh, you're going to have to do something to move that boulder or find another way around. But right mm. now, you see Eckerd, He Some of his armor is dented. He, the boulder hit him hard. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to grab it. Did Eckerd fall, or did he just take it? Oh, no, he took it. He took it. Uh, he okay. actually he put his halberd kind of in the ground and kind of just got pushed back and drugged back. Oh, well, they've booby-trapped the place. Oh, large boulder up ahead. I couldn't have seen it coming. Sorry, everyone. It's not your fault. It's dark in here. I wouldn't expect any traps, but I'm glad you're all right, my friend. Yes, I'll is be it, fine momentarily. Is it blocking our path? Can we still get through? I think uh, with me and Sam, we, we might be able to muscle it out. Um, and then maybe get it pushed back, at least to be able to open the rest of it, but it may take some time. We might want to look to see if there's some other ways to be able to go. All right, uh, Eska's looking around. Yalar, Kyle, can you please look around and see if there's any other ways around? And I will think of another method of possibly moving this boulder to possibly help Eckerd and Sam, if that's the only way through. I'll toss, uh, I'll toss Eckerd, since he kind of used one of his healing potions on me last time. I'll toss Eckerd. I uh, have a moderate healing potion. Okay. Just tell him to drink this while I kind of inspect the, uh, and see if I'm I'm strong enough to either punch the rock or push the rock. All so right. This would be considered a greater healing hit. potion. So forty four plus four. All right. So, uh, good thing you were hitting, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But you can drink this. <laughs> Thank you, friend. All right, Kai rolled a six on his perception. Kai, you're kind yeah. of looking around the cavern, placing your hands up against the walls and. With a six, you're just not seeing any other possible way through nope. other than that tight space. Yalar, are you doing anything while Eckerd? Yeah, I'll see if I can try to check anything. Yeah, so, yeah Luna, Luna is just sniffing around. Luna can't go. see anything another way around. Yalar, got it. All right, Yalar, you're looking around with a perception of 18. You're you're looking around the caverns, and you're used to this kind of environment being in the swamps. You've been in a couple caverns yourself here in the dark marshes or the dark fin marshes. And as you're placing your hands up around some of the walls, you, you feel that some of them are a bit more wet. You could probably push your way through one of the walls that's to the north of you, but you're just not sure if that would be safe. Pushing into the wall, you might even endanger yourself by, by being trapped into it. You, you don't even know if it's going to lead you anywhere. But that's one of the options you can possibly think of. Uh, Sam, you're... Seven perception. What were you doing again with your perception? Well, I was just seeing if, like, inspecting the the rock and see if it was like 
maybe I did the wrong thing and maybe I should have done an athletics check to see if I could move it. Okay. So if you're actually trying to move the rock, that would have been uh, athletics or a, we think, no, it'll be athletics. That's strength based. Okay. Eckhart is going to try and make it easy. Oh, I literally cast guidance on him just before this. So roll an additional 1d4. I mean, me? Yep. Yes. Remember, skill saves do not always immediately work. Yeah, just because you get a natural 20 on a skill save does not mean it's going to be automatic. Eckerd's also going to help him, too, by okay. getting his his athletics role as well. All right, so... Oh, uh, I'm a bit Dave, more I was feeble. hoping that 27, I would just, like, punch the Sam, shit out of it, and it would crumble. Sam, you rolled a natural 20, plus your, your bonus. So you have a 27 total, plus the guidance spell that gave an additional two. So you're at 29. Uh, Eckerd only rolled an eight. So Eckerd's not helping all that much. He's still fairly hurt from the boulder. Sam, you place both of your... This makes perfect sense, though. Sam, the Goliath, you place both of your hands along the boulder, and you, you kind of test it at first. You kind of push it slightly with all your strength, and you do feel that it is movable. But uh, that gives you the indication, though, as Yalar and Kyra kind of looking around, you begin to try and put all of your weight into it. Being the Goliath, you have that extra push due to your oversized uh, <laughs> body. And the boulder slightly moves, but as you push with all your strength, uh, along with Eckerd behind you attempting to help you, you begin to feel the boulder slowly roll back, and you're able to push it through. Oh, Ooh, you're a hoss, aren't you? <laughs> Sam, look at you. <laughs> as he's pushing it, he also punches it as if he's Chris Redfield on the volcano. Yes, yes, yes. Is it, is it the full combo and then an <laughs> Look at your man. Now look back at me. That's the power of Ouroboros. <laughs> so good. But Sam, you're able to push the boulder far enough. And then as you push it, it rolls to the side up against one of the walls. So it's now um, not in your pathway. So you, now you have a complete open path to continue your travel. Uh, as this is going on, the others are still kind of looking around. They're, they're not sure what you're doing. They don't see you doing that. But what do you do? Uh, me? I just, yeah. as I'm as I'm pushing, I let out like a guttural ah, kind of thing. And I push it. And then um, I look back and ask if they're coming. Uh, I'm right along with you. Eckert, he's, he's near full health, but he's just kind of favoring his left shoulder a little bit. So he's really leaning hard on the right side with his halberd as a walking stick a little <laughs> bit now. Old man got hurt. <laughs> uh, it's not every day I, I take a full blow from a, a boulder, but let's just keep it down to a minimum, all right? That's that's definitely a bad rock. Bog, not so much anymore. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Esco is going to look over and she's like, oh, compliment. you were able to push it. Amazing. Laura didn't hear that. <laughs> Kai, Yalar, uh, they were able to move the boulder. Let's, let's get going. So... You're all able to move through that tight space into the next corridor, and the walls widen up just a bit for the party. It's not as small as that small little space that you just fit through. But go so go ahead and move your characters up. And Am I'm I still ahead. stealth? Uh, yeah, you can stay. You can still stay stealth. I'll, you can still have that rule. I'm gonna go ahead and open more of the map. Behind so, behind a rock. So <laughs> as as the party continues forward. You come across a corner, and around the corner, it's pure darkness. Remember, you need some light. So Eska is going to look, and as you guys can see, the corridor soon enters into a large cavern 
it's not necessarily a room, but it's wide open, as you can see. Uh, parts of it, uh, Kai, you'll be able to see a little bit more of it with your dark vision. So Eska is going to go ahead and cast a spell, a cantrip. You see she's casting light. And as she casts light, it's going to give uh, provide a bit more light for the party. So Luna, as well as Eska, are both basically providing a light source for the party. And as the room opens up, you can see there are uh, stalagmites, uh, stalacites, whatever they're called, bunch of rocks. It looks just like a deep, dark cave, deep underground. But you can see some light at the end of the room coming from this direction where I'm um, pointing in the map. To the north of you, in the very back, there is a slight bit of light as if the sun was piercing parts of this cavern. What are you guys doing at this point? Um, I mean, Eckerd's feeling pretty much as close to where he needs to be from where he was originally. So he'll still be down to kind of push forward from the, the towards the front, but maybe not directly the front. All right. So as you enter the large cavern area, go ahead and place your character somewhere. Um, Eckert is not going to be the squeezer this time. He's just going to go, I'm going to leave this for thinner men. <laughs> so who would like to go squeezing through here? And I'll look over your shoulder. Oh, there we go. I'll do it. Okay. So before you can enter, yeah, before you can enter this large open cavern, there is a, yet another point where you have to squeeze through one at a time. Kai, he he decides to go first. Kai, as you're moving through, are you doing anything to try and inspect, see if there might be another trap or something after the last uh, one? Sure. Can I, well, hold on. Can you we can get do Sam like over here? You can do like an investigation if you'd like. I mean, if you want Sam, you can ask Sam to help you. That's up to you. Yeah. Let's bring, the, let's bring Sam over here. You do an investigation too, guys. Okay. okay. Uh, is it investigation or perception? Either one. Yeah, I, please I would, come over and look. Yeah, either one, whichever you prefer. Please. Oh, shit. All um, right. So <laughs> Kai rolled a six on your investigation and Sam rolled a 10. So neither one of you spot any kind of traps or anything like that. Eckerd, when you were walking through the first point, you don't really know what triggered it with your heavy armor and you being in such a tight squeeze. You're not sure if your weapon pulled a string or if you stepped on a plate. You just don't know what triggered it last time. Can we have Luna take a step back and then I'm going to swap spaces with Luna? Yeah, that makes more sense since you're right behind Kai. Yeah. And then what I want to do is as Kai's moving through, I want to have my hand on him just in case I have to try to pull him out again. Okay, which which would make sense. I'd allow that because you, you're already wary of the last point. All right, so Kai... We'll need our ranger getting hit with a big giant rock. <laughs> he would welcome it. As you're slowly pushing man. through, you don't see any traps. You don't feel anything. But Kai, you're moving through. Go ahead and make me a deck saving throw. Ooh. Jesus. Hey, hey, oh, hey, nice. I got this. Nice. He's in so, his element. <laughs> Kai, as you're walking through the point of, <laughs> of no return, no, I'm just joking. As you're walking through the tight space, you feel underneath you as you get to the other end of the tight space. The cavern beneath you, ground, begins to shake. And as it does, you feel it in attempt 
to engulf you as the ground crumbles and a pit soon shows itself. But with a dexterity saving throw, you're able to jump either back or ahead in front of the group over the gap. I'm going to go ahead and say right here in the square up above right next to you is where the pit is. So you can either jump back or jump over it because you got a dexterity saving throw 20. You do not fall through the pit. Mm. About how big is the pit? Five feet all about Yeah, it's about five feet. One person can fall at a time. Okay. And it's complete darkness. You can't see how deep it is. I think I'm going to be risky. I'm going to jump over it. Okay. So you don't have to make a roll. You don't have to make a roll. Your dexterity save was basically... Yeah, it was basically you jumping ahead as the ground fell beneath you. Your dexterity saving throw. You were able to jump ahead right before it. And Sam, with you being right behind Kai, you see him quickly move his feet, and he jumps ahead before he could fall into this pit. So, Sam, you'd be the next one ahead. You can see the pit just appear beneath Kai. And it doesn't it doesn't reform itself. It stays a pit. So, let's do one of these. So, you can do an, uh, you can do an acrobatics attempt to jump over it. Uh, yeah. Alright, so you have a 13 on your acrobatics. That's more than enough. You're able to jump over it. I want to move over to, like, over still. I, I still want to kind of hug the wall. Okay. But I'm trying to stealthily move around. Okay, so go ahead and uh, make a stealth check after your acrobatics. <laughs> My man lands like a rock. Okay, you got a 10 on your stealth. All right, so as you land, you're not as stealthy as you were before, but you're hugging the walls into the shadows as much as possible. So what do you guys do? Do you uh, yell back at the party, let them know that that's even there? What's going on? Hey, watch out. There's a hole. <laughs> good call out there friend <laughs> just, uh, just kind of appeared man just wasn't there now it is alright so next up I would assume is Eckert Eckert are you going to attempt to jump over this uh, I'll be honest with you I think I'm going to go last here um, that way I can help everyone get across as he <laughs> goes over to uh, he takes his halberd and he goes Sam, for those who aren't as dexterous as the two of you, can you hold this other end and we'll allow them to have my halberd between the both of us and they can use it to kind of shimmy across. Okay, I'm down for that. All right, Yalar, you would be next. Yalar, you would have to make me a dex saving throw to to get through. I'll give you an advantage because you now have a halberd to kind of use to get across. Don't fuck it up. That would be a big ass turtle in a little asshole. <laughs> All right, dexterity of fifteen. So Yalar, as you get to the hole, you're able to shimmy your way across the pit with the help. <laughs> you're a heavy boy. The help of the halberd. So Yalar, you make it through, and much Eska's, appreciated. <laughs> Eska's gonna go ahead and. Did he say that to me, or did he say that to Eckerd? Actually, he said that to both of you. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Nice to be on good terms for once, right, Tortle? I have a name, you know. He's a saucy git. Right? <laughs> he is. Uh, so go ahead and move Yalar to the opposite side, please. And yep. Eska, she is going to make her attempt. She rolls a 17 on, on her acrobatics. And she is, or her dexterity, I should do, uh, not acrobatics. Let me do the dex. I fucked that up. We should an do a advantage. Hobbs and Shaw spinoff like a 17. <laughs> she was 17 regardless. Yeah, she's able to get through <coughs> really easily. She just walks along the 
Albert as if she's some sort of ninja. And now it leaves Luna and Eckert. Luna can possibly just run and jump if she likes, but she's going to have to make a dex saving throw with an advantage regardless. Go ahead and make a dex for Luna. Well, let's see if this is where I lose my dog. (laughs) I'm ready to catch her. I'm ready to catch her. It's okay. (laughs) 17. All right. Luna is able to get across, and that leaves Eckerd by himself on the other end. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) All right. So I've thought about this. All right. So uh, (laughs) you're going to see Eckerd, who is very prepared for these situations where he is not at his best. Um, He breaks out his Explorer's Pack. He breaks out 60 feet of hemp and rope. He wraps it around himself. He ties his knot. He then throws the rest of it over to Sam. And then once Sam has all of his stuff, he is going to go ahead and make his jump at this point. And he is jumping with his halberd. He's trying to kind of pole vault as best as he can across the... Oh, God. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll my dexterity. Do I get an advantage with all of this precaution? I'll give you an advantage. Um, with all can, I, can I do a, can I do an athletic st- a test, too, to see if I pull him further? Well, let's go ahead and do, Eckerd, make your, your dex roll first. If he uh, fails, if he fails, oh, then, good. okay. So with a 19. So we'll just say with a 19, Eckerd, with all the precaution and with Sam holding onto the rope, Sam's able to pull you across. You make a perfect jump. With your halberd, your halberd does not snap. Ah, these and old bones fly just as easy as anyone else's. I was hoping I would like, pull the cord a little bit too hard and you go flying and somehow <laughs> impale an enemy that's hiding in the shadows. I'm so <laughs> graceful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the party now completely across this pit. Again, you can see now that you're in this large cavern, stalagmites all around you from the ground, stalactites, whatever, however it's pronounced. Um, stalactites, yes. Stalactites, yes. yes. All from the roof and the bottom of the ground, pointing everywhere. There's no sign of water. The ground, though, beneath you becomes less moist. It's a bit more hardened. And you really don't see much other than darkness and cave. Other, And you also see that light that I mentioned at the end of this room, which was, I'm just going to say over here there's a bit of a light shining it's very very dim it looks like sunlight natural light but you're just not sure and as you're looking around i mean again it's still fairly dark in this room but nothing really sticks out at you you don't see any creatures any monsters or anything like that let's go ahead and do uh what's the party doing as yells out i see light and i'm ready to get out of this damn cave yeah, Eska looks at Sam. You and me both. I'm tired of these traps and this darkness. Let's get out of here. I, I, that light does look natural. It's probably the sunlight. It seems like we might be close to leaving the ruins. Thank Jesus. Eckert's going to kind of hold to the walls best he can to the cavern sides. Okay. Um, he is shining a bit more light in this direction. So from his halberd, this is going to go 20 feet this direction. Um, and he's just trying to make sure he is giving as much vision as possible. I'm going to kind of move up, but still stay in the shadows. I don't like how the turn order all of a sudden appeared on the screen. <laughs> a little suspicious. <laughs> all right. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. 
Things my anxiety's kicked off for some you're, reason. You're, What's you going know, on here? No, no, nothing. <laughs> oh boy. Not good. Oh yeah. Don't be like me and get a really yeah. good roll and then be like, oops, wait, and then get a bad roll. Oh, <laughs> how nice of you, Eska, to go after me. You're All a right. great, proper nice lady, aren't you? <laughs> All right. So uh as everyone is now across the pit in this open space, uh Eckerd, you have the light kind of shining towards you. You can see to the north of you. The lights at the far northwestern area of the room but you you can't really see where the light's coming from if it's coming through some cracks in the walls Eckerd, you do see though there is an opening like another hallway to the north of you not too far but sam you have the first the first go we're going to start turn order right here what are you doing sam so i'm i'm still stealthed yeah yes yes and this the center area is basically our main main area the the top and the left is un unidentified right but, right the lights so, from the northwest okay okay so i want to move my character up more so here because i don't see i i don't see any kind of indicators on the map so i'm still kind of just hanging out okay so, so you're still the, stealth kind of hugging the walls can i make a in uh a perception check yes once you, i'm up here yeah you may okay and, and real quick the things you drew just click them and push the delete button Okay. All right. Yeah. Rolled a 17 on your perception. As you're looking around, Sam, you, you uh, again, you're not seeing any creatures or anything like that. However, uh, with the 17, you do see something kind of crawling up ar- along the ceiling. You don't see any creatures per se or any humanoids or anything like that. You just see something that looks like a, a worm or like a, a tendril, a tentacle kind of slithering up on the ceiling along uh, the, along the stalagmites. And uh, that's about all you see, though. I would like to warn everybody. All right. You're, so you go ahead and warn people. What do you say? I just, there's something on the ceiling. I can't tell 100% what it is, but I know it's not friendly. All right. With that, then, it would be whatever is moving turn. What is happening is as the party is gathering themselves after jumping across this pit, you're all somewhat scattered around and I'm going to have to make some rolls. What is Kai's AC? It's 15. All right. Well, I have, I have I rolled a 15, but I got more than a 15 due to the added bonus. All right. So Kai, keep, keep yourself uh, reminded of this. I'm going to put an icon on you really quick, Kai. Uh, Yalar, what is your AC? 17. Oh, okay. Yalar, you're going to feel this as well. Eckerd, mm. your AC? Ah, my AC at this moment is 19. Alright, I got a 20. I got 20 total. Okay. Alright, and then Eska? Yeah, we did. Alright, I rolled really bad for Eska, so Eska's not going to feel it. Alright, oh, so that's four. Lucky dog. So as the party, you're warned by Sam, you're looking around like, what the hell is he talking about? You're somewhat distracted by looking around and you all feel like, you know, you're, you're probably on edge or you're, you're tensed up, prepared for something to jump out you, but you're all distracted except for Sam, uh, Luna and Eska, you, the three of them will not feel any of this, but the other three, Yalar, Kai and Eckert, as you're looking around, you begin to feel something slithering up your legs oh. and all of a sudden your legs are pulled out from under you. These large tendrils wrap around all of your legs and it pulls you off your feet. 
And you feel yourselves being reeled in towards the ceiling by these tendrils. And the rest of the party can see the three of you are now in the air being pulled quickly towards a group of these stalactites up onto the ceiling. And as you're being pulled closer to the ceiling, I need someone here. I'm going to have Yalar. Yalar. Oh, my God. Okay. Yalar, as you're pulled up, it's able to pull you all at least 25 feet. You're able to uh, somewhat try to escape this, but you won't be able to do it until your turn. So as you're pulled towards the ceiling, Yalar, you feel and you see maybe a perception check, Yalar. I don't see it. <laughs> it's shells in the way. I don't like being upside down. Oh, yeah. You think about that? A turtle gets turned upside down. All that weight distribution of your shell. Yeah, that would make it a pain. Yeah. So while you are grappled, the three of you, you're technically considered restrained and you have disadvantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. So as Yalar is pulled up towards the ceiling, Yalar, make me a perception. Oh, you got five perception. Yalar, yeah. you don't you don't see what's what what does this to you. The, the way you're being held up upside down. You're not able to see it, but you feel something sharp bite into one of your legs and as you do so uh yalar you are taking some damage here my friend you're taking 20 points of damage oh my god yalar as your leg is bit blood is drawn and you just feel yourself hanging there helplessly and the only way for you to escape is for you to attempt to make an escape saving through the only thing you can do is attempt to escape from this grapple as you're being bit uh, Eckerd and Kai, you can make perceptions to see if you see what happens to Yalar, but that's up to you. Um, so is my halberd still providing 20 total feet? Uh, is Am I able to see the ceiling with, yes. the, with yeah, the light? Yeah, 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 you can. Okay. And remember, guys, while you are restrained, your speed is zero, so you can't move. Your attack rolls against whatever creature that has you, or I'm sorry, the, the creature has an advantage on whatever it is currently restrained. So if you're restrained, it has an advantage on its attack rolls. And if you attempt to attack the creature while you're restrained, you have a disadvantage. Strength-wise, right? Uh, it says attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. So if you're restrained, that's what it means. So you have disadvantage against that creature that's restraining you. Gotcha. And the creature has that's restrained has disadvantage on deck saving throws as well. So, and you also have disadvantage on your strength saving throws because of the specific tendrils that are on you. But Eckerd, you make a perception with a seven. I'll give you a, I'll give you the advantage because you have the light coming from your halberd. You quickly look over as you're pulled up towards the ceiling with Kai and Yalar, and you just see one of the stalactites hanging off the ceiling. You see an eye slowly open on the side of one of them, and you see its mouth quickly open and it bites down into Yalar's leg, drawing blood as it's holding him there. And you can see this is a fairly large creature that looks just like a giant stalactite. It has tentacles coming out of it. And you can mm. see that there are six total tentacles coming from its rocky body. And Sam, as you're looking up with a 17 perception, you can kind of see the same thing. Can I roll a history to see if I've encountered one of these things before? Yeah, or I've seen one of these go things ahead. before? Go ahead. Can I do the same? Yeah. If you want to make a history check, I'll let you know. Oh, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So, Eckerd, you wrote a six in your history. You've never encountered one of these creatures before. Sam, a 14. And with you coming from the Strider Valley, these are somewhat common in the Strider Valley. As a Goliath, you have seen these in the mountains before. They are creatures known as ropers. They basically look like giant rocks, stalagmites, stalactites. And they, they're they basically undistinguishable from other rocks and stalactites until they actually attack something. They're very patient hunters, but they will devour whatever they can grab onto. So you know they're extremely dangerous. And they're creatures that are basically hunters. So it, it's going to eat Yalar. That's what you know. <laughs> So I just I just want to yell out uh, the name of the of the the enemy. Okay. Because I know Eckert's kind of like wondering, and and he he's kind of puzzled on what it is. So I'm just like, it's cursed a roper. abomination. Yep. So you you know it's a roper. Just yell that out. Okay. All right. Well, with that, then that's the end of the roper's turn. Kai, it is now your turn. You feel yourself being reeled up towards this giant roper. That's hanging off the ceiling. How far far off the ground are they? Sorry. They're about 25 feet off the ground. Holy shit. They moved up quick. <laughs> yep. Kai, you you can attempt to attack it with a disadvantage, or you can break out of its uh, gr- uh, grapple. What kind of saving throw would I make for the breakout? You'd have to make me an escape DC. I can't tell you what you have to make. But you can either do with it athletics, or you can do it with your acrobatics your strength or your dex whichever you prefer we'll go athletic. But, but remember if you use a strength based you have disadvantage i want to go acrobatics friend i mean my acrobatics i'm not proficient i'm proficient in uh, athletics so. Ooh, good luck yeah <laughs> okay here we go uh, hey all right but you have a disadvantage though so you're an 18 and a 10 so unfortunately with a 10 kai trying to pull away from it with your athletics it's just too strong for you You are unable to break free luna however still has a turn however it is up about 30 feet off the ground so luna is gonna have a very hard time attempting to get to this thing there are two other tentacle or three other tentacles they're on the floor, though, looking around to try and grab someone else. So Luna can attack one of those if she wants. But whatever you want, want Luna to do, it's up to you. Sure, we'll have Luna attack one. All right. Go ahead and make an attack roll. Luna sees three because it has a total of six tentacles coming out of it. Luna quickly goes to bite one of the free tentacles with a 10. She's not. The tentacle is actually able to avoid with a 10. Did you not break free, Kai? No. No. Didn't. Oh. No. It, oh, is now, 18, it is now it is now Yalar's turn. Yalar, and I'm at you disadvantage. Can, you can oh, attempt yeah. to break out Yalar, or you can try attacking this thing with a disadvantage. You you are I hurt. Want, yeah, I'm going to try to break free, like hurt bad acrobatics or athletics. But if you make it an athletics, better. if you make an athletics, it's at a disadvantage. Uh, I'm going to try acrobatics. I'm better at dex anyway. Okay. Ooh. <sighs> All right, with a with a eleven acrobatics, Yalar, you just feel this thing bite into, and you're in pain. You're trying to escape. The tentacle just has you too tightly. You're not able to break free. Eckert, it is now your turn. What are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm taking a different approach for this bastard. Um, at this point, Eckert is actually going to be casting a spell, and it is to attack. So he knows that it will be at a disadvantage. But if he hits. His next attack against it will be made at a normal. Okay. 
Does it give um, you advantage? Yep. You got it. So he's going to be doing a little bit this round, Ryan, just so you know. All right. Okay. Um, I'm also going to draw something super duper quick because it's actually going to be something I'm going to navigate with. Right. Oh, God, that is so terrible. <laughs> uh, Jake, you can do better than that, brother. <laughs> the whole time Sam's like, God. Thank God I'm not the one getting trapped <laughs> in, in his brain, in his head, in his head. Yeah, of course. yeah, in his head. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is what happened to me last time. <laughs> okay. So this is what Eckerd is doing. Eckerd says another incantation um, that you all have heard before. He is casting Guiding Bolt. So as he casts Guiding Bolt on this creature, he is going to make a ranged combat attack against him. Ah, motherfucker, man. Oh, nine's not going to hit. Well, that's okay. He's immediately going to action surge. Okay. And he's doing it again. All right. Motherfuck. Oh, with a 10, <laughs> Eckerd's not able to hit this creature. Okay. Well, with that, that's going to be his action, uh, his primary actions for this. Okay. Um, and that's also going to take away two of his first level spell slots. Um, he is going to use a domain spell that is a bonus action at this point. Okay. And he is going to summon a spiritual weapon. I, I don't know why it rolled. It shouldn't have, shouldn't have rolled anything. Yeah, you just summoned um, it. Yeah. So as this, uh, this spiritual weapon is summoned, you see this holy sword. For lack of a better term, it's made of a kind of a misty, mystical uh, sheen. It doesn't actually give off any uh, any light, but it is it is bright to look at. And uh, the spiritual weapon will attack it because it is a bonus action to utilize it. And he will get a 25. Okay, that will hit. And it will deal 12 force damage, max damage. Take that, bitch. All right. So the roper, <laughs> the roper from behind feels the spiritual weapon deal, pierce it for 12 damage. The roper kind of hisses slightly in front of Yolar and its eye kind of just looks around. But it's it's hungry and it begins to drool a bit more and it kind of ignores the spiritual weapon for now. Uh, Eckert, that would be your turn then. Mm-hmm. Eska, she's looking up and she's just she's kind of mouthing. She doesn't say it out loud, but for anyone looking at her lips, she, she's just what the fuck? Like she's never seen a creature like this before, and she's quickly going to hold out her hand. She's going to cast some spells here and she is going to cast Scorching Ray up at the creature to attempt to harm it. And with Scorching Ray, she gets three rays. So let's go ahead and do all three rays here. So the first one hits. Second one, she rolled a uh, 23, and then a, the 10's not going to hit. And then she rolled, oh, oh my, my god. god. All right, an eight. So that's not going to hit. So only one of the Scorching Rays deals damage. Let me go ahead and roll the fire damage that it deals. It's going to deal 2d6. 13? Yep, 13. 13 points of fire damage to the roper and as she shoots out one of the scorching rays it hits the roper in the side next to its eye as it begins to burn into the roper's side and the roper has like a rocky exterior but because it's a creature you can see part of the exterior is burned from it and the two other scorching rays she attempts to shoot up at the creature it's just say it's able to deflect the scorching rays with its free tentacles and Eska's actually going to make a move. She does not want to stay where she's at. And she's going to attempt to move closer to the other end here next to Sam along the wall. 
and she just yells out, Don't worry, friends! We'll free you! And Sam, it is now your turn. What are you are, doing? You're are sitting in your allies are just hanging off the ceiling. Are there any rocks around? There are plenty of rocks. Now, is there any rocks close to, like, Eckerd? Like, uh, taller, any kind of taller rocks? Uh, Eckerd's about 25 feet in the air, so not any rock next to him, but there are rocks. I mean, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, on the ground. Yeah, on the ground, yes. How tall are those rocks? The rocks are fairly small. They're, they're, they're not, they're not very tall. They're, they're medium-sized rocks, so, like, something that can fit in your hands. Damn it. Yeah, um, they're not they're not boulders or anything. So I was gonna try to jump, use an athletics check or acrobatics check and jump off of a rock and try to get high enough because I can jump uh at eighteen string. I did a calculator online and how tall I am, I can jump nineteen feet off the ground, apparently. Okay. So I was seeing if there's any rocks that now can there, boost me. There there are some boulders up around where Kai and Luna are. You could potentially run over there and jump off one of those. But there's also technically a boulder under the spiritual weapon that you could potentially jump on, and that's about ten feet tall. Where I'm pinging. So could I? I mean, I don't know how this works. Could I run over here and then jump? Well, no, because I think I would just do better. Um, there, the tentacles, right? I can, I can, I um, aim at the tentacles, or do I have to aim at the actual creature? You you can aim at the tentacles. You don't have to hit the creature. You can attack the tentacles that's holding onto them if you want. Yeah, I want to try to try to shoot the tentacle that Eckerd has. Oh, okay. All right. So go ahead and uh, roll. And remember, you'll have sneak attack damage. You have advantage on this because Eckerd's technically, you know, five, five feet away. Yeah. So uh, twenty four. Uh, you're able to hit the tentacle with your short bow. So go ahead and roll your bow's damage and your sneak attack. Damage. Oh, shoot. Oops. My bad. It's okay. Yeah, I think it's funny that you rolled better. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So your your bolt or your bow, your arrow does nine piercing damage into the uh, tentacle, and you can hear the roper. It hisses in pain. Do your sneak attack damage. 3d6. Yeah. Nice for additional nine. As the sneak attack damage also takes into effect, the tendril that's holding Eckerd it basically goes limp. Eckerd, you find yourself falling to the ground. You're going to take some falling damage. Can I Can I do anything since I'm close enough? Can I try to catch him uh, with like my, my bonus action? Uh, I don't think you can use a bonus action to catch someone. Um, okay. You can, you can move closer to him to try and break the fall if he lands on you, but that's about all you can do. I'll do that. I'll kind of move in this okay. way. And try to slow him because he's heavy. He's yeah. he's definitely wearing a lot of armor. So if, already, if, if you yeah. let's say if you go underneath him to try and slow that fall, I'll take less damage off of the falling damage. Okay, yeah, we'll do that since I can't go underneath him. Okay, so Eckerd, you find yourself the tendril that's around you. It goes limp, and you you find yourself falling toward the ground. And as you fall towards the ground, you're going to take only five points of damage thanks to Sam attempting to like make the fall less hard on your body. <laughs> five points? This, yeah, five <laughs> points of HP. Is this ah. payback for all the gold that I owe you? Ah, well, you're making good and well on that debt. Set <laughs> 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 me down, friend. I have a beast to slay. All right. It is now the Roper's turn. And as the Roper, the tendril that's limp, it just stays there limp. 
It still has five of the tendrils. The first or the last two tendrils that are free are going to attempt to grab onto Luna. Luna's AC, I'm, I know, is not going to be higher than what I just rolled. And Eska, so the two extra tendrils are able to grapple onto Luna and Eska. And you can see that both of them are grabbed by the legs and both are lifted upside down. And Luna just begins to, to whimper in, in confusion with a wolf being held up like this by the leg. It's, it's freaking out. She's freaking out. And Eska's just like, fuck! And the other tendril that's holding on to Kai and Yalar, it just pulls them even closer. Yalar, my friend, it's going to bite into you again. Oh, no! Wait, wait, wait. Um... I wrote a natural 20. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. I was going to see if I could do... Shield. So as a reaction, you take when you're hit by an attack or targeted by the magic missile spell. So an invisible barrier of magical force appears and protects you until the start of your next turn. You have a plus five bonus to your AC, including against the triggering attack. So what's your AC? Uh, 17. Yeah, so with... so so with, a, with that five. So it would still hit since I did a oh. natural 20. It's a natural 20, not a yeah. 20. Uh, so, yeah. So because so even if even if that you had a twenty one or twenty two, with its strength, it still would have been higher than the shield. Oh, okay. So Ooh. regardless, it's gonna hit. Oh, uh, so I try double damage. Yalar, it pulls you in closer to its mouth, and it sinks its teeth into as it bites more into your leg. You can feel ah! it digs into your leg as hard as it can. And my friend Yalar, this is gonna hurt. My friend, are you ready? You are gonna. No. You'll be taking twenty-seven points of damage. Out. Yalar, as this thing bites into you as hard as it can, part of your leg, a chunk of it comes off, and you can just you feel the pain kind of just shaking your body, and you go unconscious. And all of you look up, and you see Yalar that was he was moving with his his cane, his staff. You just see him go limp, and he drops his. He drops the cane with Bog on it to the ground. You can see Yalar is unconscious. Oh no, Bog. Somebody catch, catch Bog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kai, it is now your turn. You see Yalar oh. is unconscious and you Do I need to make feeling... a death saving throw right now or Yes, actually you do, my friend. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, where is oh you mean I'm on the wrong page. So just go ahead and roll me a D twenty. Uh, 11 death saving throw. So you succeeded. That's one success. All right. So you need two more successes in order to not die and three fails to die. All right, Kai, what are you doing? You're still restrained by this thing. You can either attempt to, to attack it or you can attempt to break free. Yeah, you, have sure. you have a disadvantage on your attack. Remember that. <laughs> I mean... I tried to break out earlier. It didn't work. So yeah, I'm going to swing my short sword at it. Okay. So you take your short sword with a disadvantage. You attempt to try and pierce the thing. You're able to unsheathe your sword. Uh, you have a seven, so you're unable to hit, but you have an extra attack. Remember. Yeah. I'll roll that again. Yep. Yes. Same thing. Same roll again. There it is. There, there it is. is. <laughs> All right. You're able to pierce the roper. Uh, are you attacking the tendril or the, the actual roper itself? I'm attacking the tendril. I went off. Okay. Went so off this ride. <laughs> <laughs> ah, never mind. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> All right, for, uh, I mean, unless damage. the attack makes it let go. 
All right, so you were able to cut into the tendril that's holding onto you for three damage or piercing it. Blood begins to ooze out of the tendril, but it's not enough damage for it to to brace it, to let go of you. But it, it is hurt. The tendril that you attack is hurt. Shame. Uh, Luna is currently atten- uh, like grappled. You, she can attempt to to break out or bite the tendril. What are, what is she doing? Bite that bit. Uh, what would I do for her on her character sheet? She don't have like acrobatics or anything. Yeah, I just do like a deck save throw. Well, you you still roll an acrobatics. You don't have a bonus, really. So it'd just be a d20. I just roll my own acrobatics and count it for her. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. So if I do that, well, count for her. So you, yeah, the d20 was a seven. So unfortunately, Luna's not able to break free. Poor Luna. <laughs> All right, Yalar, it is now your turn. And make another. Yeah, go to make another. All right, you succeeded. Nice. <laughs> technically, actually, technically, you only do your death saving throws when you start your turn with zero. Oh, okay, okay. So you, I shouldn't have made you do one as soon as you got knocked out. So this is your first one. So you passed. Okay. We'll just say you passed your first one. So that's that's all you can do. Okay. Yeah, you're only supposed to do it at the start of your turn if you have Start zero. of my turn, okay. Uh, Eckerd, what are you doing? You see Alar's unconscious. Uh, Luna, Eska are now tangled up. Kai is next on the biting list from what you can see. Okay, I jump off my back. <laughs> um, I, I wish I was dexterous enough to do that, but what I am quite good at, um, he's going to use his bonus action first, uh, moving the uh, spiritual weapon. It doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity because it has no HP, and it's going to take a swipe at the tendril that's holding Yalar. Okay. Yeah, don't worry about me. I'm just hanging out. That's going to hit. And it will deal to that tendril. Whoops, I rolled the wrong thing there. I want damage. It is going to hit it for 10 force damage. All right. So as the stretch weapon, it cuts into the tendril holding Yalar. Yalar is freed from that tendril. The tendril goes limp, unable to move. And I'm already it reaches right next to him. in pain, and Yalar drops to the ground. So he's up 25 feet. He's going to take falling damage. I will take the athletics roll. Give me more of the damage than he's taken. So All right. So Yalar will take uh, four points. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. He's just of, of damage. <laughs> nah, it gives him a that'll likely give him a failure on one of his death saves. Yes, it is. It is. All right, <laughs> one in one. <laughs> yep. It's okay. So uh, the reason why I did that is so I can immediately use my primary action to do this. Spare the dying. He is now at zero hit points. Okay. So say, uh, you're gonna be all right. So Yalar, you are basically conscious but not conscious. So you're you're not dying anymore. You don't have to Take roll the death that. saving throws. <laughs> yeah. And with that, literally, uh, Eckert, uh, Yalar, please take no offense to this, but he is going to literally stand over Yalar to protect him. Okay. You'll not be taking another one this day, beast. <laughs> All right, perfect. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm still up here, so he might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, it is now Eska's turn. She is pissed off and not wanting to stay in the tendril. Uh, she is going to attempt to cast another Scorching Ray up at it with three rays, but she has a disadvantage, unfortunately, due to being wrapped up. So a 16, a 16, and a 12. So... Unfortunately, none of her scorching rays are able to hit. As she attempts to cast her magic, the rays go off, but the the tentacle just like swings her around to where her aim is completely off. 
and she's not able to do anything. Oh my god, we yeah, basically. And uh, Sam, you see what's going on. What are you doing? It is now your turn. Um, I see that Ty is the closest one uh, to its mouth, so I want to move over here, and then I want to take another shot at it with my short bow. At the tendril holding Kai? Yes. Okay. He's hit. Oh, hi, friend. Oh, Oof. shit. Unfortunately, as you go to shoot at the tendril, you're not able to hit with your short bow. You're standing no, bro, basically you're, you're standing basically right next to Eckerd and Yalar aiming up above you where Kai is. You're just not able to hit it. Uh, one of the tendrils sweeps away the arrow before it hits. Now, can I do, can I do with that, since I have the um, cunning action, can I do the hide? Yes, you can. So I want to go stealth. All right, uh, so you go into stealth. So go and roll stealth. Nice. So a 19. As plus you one. do that, you, okay. <laughs> you, uh, oh, you have a plus one, right? Cause yeah, because my cloak. Yeah, yeah, so you have a 20. So you go into the shadows attempting to stay away from the Roper's vision as much as you can tell. And with that, it is now the Roper's turn. As the one tendril that was destroyed by Sam, uh, it kind of just begins to fall off of the body and disconnects itself from the roper, and you just see another tendril just burst out of its oh, side. Shit. And as it's doing so, two of the tendrils are going to come back down towards uh, Eckerd to attempt to grapple him again. Okay. Eckerd? Uh, Eckerd, at this particular point, is in a defensive stance. So he is at an armor class of 19, but it does have disadvantage to hit him. So the first tendril comes around attempting to grab onto you, and it, it fails horribly. The second one uh, almost grabs onto you, but you are now wary of it, and you're able to just knock it away now that you know it's coming. You see it, and it's not able to grapple you whatsoever. I've and got my the eyes roper, on now. The roper is attempting to grab onto Sam with the other two, but it's not able to see where Sam went um, due to his stealth. So it's just going to pull Eska right next to it, closer to it. And Kai, its mouth is still on you. It's going to make an attack on you with an advantage. Woo! Oh, my God. Please. I rolled an advantage. The first roll was an eight, but it has advantage. The second roll is a crit. It's a natural 20. Oh, my God. Oh. Stop it. Stop touching oh the dice. No. Stop touching the dice. Oh, boy. Kai, you'll just, be taking... Just give it to me. You'll be taking... 32 points of damage. Oh, oh that, that's fine. This <laughs> <laughs> is a flesh wound. I can live with three. That's cool. Half woke up today and said, you know what? I'm tired of this session. Time to end it. <laughs> so this side, side story is done. You gotta know when to hold them. The Roper is no joke. So, no uh, Kai, you feel the Roper. It bites into your arm and you just feel it draw blood and it the pain begins to shake your body as it did Yalar. And you feel yourself slightly almost going unconscious, but you're able to fight it slightly. Uh, it is now your turn, Kai. What are you doing? You were just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kai, you're up. What are you doing at this point? Well, since I got two on my sword, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna swing again. Okay. Like it, I ain't really got anything else going for me. At the tendril or the the monster. Tendril. Okay. 
yeah. the first one yeah. misses. You're not able to, to damage it with your first attack. So you have a second attack with your short sword. Oh, uh, no. no. With a natural Ooh. one. So you have a six total. Uh, uh, I for- no, <laughs> fortunately for you, there's no such thing as a natural one in fifth edition. Uh, but we'll just say that as you're, you're uh, swinging at it, your sword begins to, to lighten or become heavier as the tendril tightens around your wrist and it snaps your wrist back and your sword drops to the ground. So I got another one. I'll just pull it out. Yep. So <laughs> that's all Kai can do. Uh, Yalar is at zero HP. So Yalar, I don't think, can't do anything until he's at one, Luna. right? Oh, yeah. Luna. I'm sorry. Luna can try and break free. Oh, yeah. Luna, I guess. Bite that yeah. shit, girl. <laughs> yeah, sure. She'll, she'll, she'll bite at it. Why not? Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Luna's unable to bite the tendril. It's got Luna wrapped up hardcore. All right. Yalar, you're still technically unconscious with zero HP, but you don't have to roll a death saving throw. So All right. Is, so it is now Eckerd's turn. Okay. Um, okay. So we got a couple of things that we got to do here. So first and foremost, Eckerd is going to utilize his radiant weapon. And he's actually going to have it attack Kai's tendril. Okay. And that'll hit. And it will deal seven force damage. Is that enough to be able to finish the cut through it? Uh, Yes. All right. So So, uh, I'm pretty sure that fall damage is going to take me out. No, I'm going to catch. I'm going to try to catch him and take the blunt of the force since I'm right next to him. Yeah, he's technically right under Kai. Okay. And Kai so weighs like nothing. I'll so. take, I'll, I'll take, so this is going to take a, I normally was going to roll 2d6 for your falling damage, but I'll only roll 1d6 because of Sam. I've been rolling 1d6 because Sam's been attempting to slow everyone's drop. Okay. So this could potentially knock jump? Kai up. Can I jump? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not your turn, so no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, There's only I, two numbers on that die. That all right. So I rolled, I rolled six, <laughs> the max I can. So Kai, you you fall to the ground. Sam cushioning your fall. Unfortunately, I rolled a six. That's more than enough to knock you out. You're unconscious. Is he unconscious or is he uh, fighting for his life? I'm fighting for my life. Okay. Yeah. So at the start of his next turn, he's going to have to make a death saving throw if he still has a zero HP. So he's at would zero HP. My... Oh, okay. I was about to say, would I put my health at zero or should I go negative? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be zero. There's no negatives. So you're at zero. Oh. That would be uh, Eckerd. Is there anything else you can do? Is that it? Eckerd is going to cast Guiding Bolt at second level. So this will be an additional D6 of radiant damage if it hits. Okay. Man, you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. <laughs> A wow. ten. The 10, the Guiding Bolt shoots up at the Roper and it's not able to hit the Roper. I don't have any advantage. <laughs> I, 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 I got nothing. I got nothing. So uh, with that, Eckert is going to go back into a defensive stance for for his remainder, and right. that's it. All right, Sam, you just see your allies are going unconscious left and right. You're able to cushion Kai's fall, but he's unconscious. Yalar's unconscious. What are you doing? Eska didn't get to do anything. She she shot three three bolts, but she missed all three. Oh, okay. Um, shit. Um, so. I have one potion left. Can I force feed that to Kai? You can. Mm-hmm. Okay, since Sam, or I mean, uh, Eckerd is pretty much over intending to uh, Yalar, I'm going to try to force feed 
like basically open up Kai's mouth, pour some some go go juice in, and uh, like <laughs> massage his throat so he swallows it. Okay, Take all the gravy. Take it all, <laughs> and that's my last moderate potion that I. Okay, have. all right. So go ahead and roll the forty four plus four. Yep, forty four plus four, and that's how much HP Kai will get back. There you go. Nice. So, Kai, you are healed for 16 HP. Kai, you feel yourself waking up. And you're kind of just like, oh, on the ground, on the floor. So you're considered prone. He's actually on, on top of me, isn't he? Because I caught him. <laughs> or, yeah. Well, never he, mind. technically, you didn't catch him. You just cushioned his fall. So it kind of just like, it kind of just fell on you, but then hit the ground. But you softened the, the blow a bit. Look in Kai's eyes deeply. Say, you will not die today, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back up your breath <laughs> god damn it why is everybody so mean to Sam <laughs> just saved your life uh, you scurry away from me um, okay. I just got bit and then fell to the floor is, so. is, that my, is that my action that's your action but you can still move and, and I'm you, still you, stealth you, you still right? have a bonus action as well oh um okay so am I still stealth with that yeah technically yeah I'm going to move. No, I'll I'll stay. Well, let me step. Well, I'll stay put. Okay. And then my bonus action. Um, I don't really have anything I can do. So. Okay. Well, not unless the... I can attack. <laughs> no, not with uh, what you have at the moment. Bitch. So it's now its turn, and the second tendril that you had destroyed, you see it falls off the body, and it is replaced with yet another one. So it still has six total tendrils. And it's going to reel Luna in next to it. And as Luna and Eska are reeled towards it, it's going to make a bite into Luna. What is Luna's AC? 15. I got a 17. So Luna is going to take damage. At least not a crit. Yeah, yeah it's right. Not, it's not a crit. Well, <laughs> and uh, I am dealing Luna. Uh, one second. Adding that up. Luna is going to be taking 20 points of damage. Nice. Uh, Luna goes unconscious. The, your wolf just whimpers out in pain as it just takes a chunk out of Luna. And as it does so, its other tendrils slinks back down. Eckerd, it's attacking you with one of its tendrils again. Disadvantage. All right. Nice. I got a two with the disadvantage. It's not able to grab onto you. Uh, Kai, it's going to try and grab onto you again. Uh, I actually rolled chitties. It does not get you. Hey, God. And one of the tendrils is going to try and grab onto Yalar again. I remember, I am standing yep, right over top. You are standing so. over him. Uh, I'll give it a disadvantage because of that. Uh, and I rolled uh, seven. I think that'd be that's not going to be high enough for Yalar. So that's going to happen. And one more roll because it has a fourth tendril. Oh my god, I rolled a fucking three. So that's not going to grab onto Kai either. It tries to grab Kai again. So oh, we needed that break, Ryan. Yeah. We needed that break, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Kai, you're prone on the ground, and you see one of the tendrils, or two of the tendrils attempts to grapple onto you, but you're able to roll out of its way. If you use half of your movement, you can stand up. So what are you doing? What would be half of my movement? I'll, I'll, I'll stand up. It's probably 15. I'm assuming you have 30 movement speed. I have 35. Okay, so yeah, it'd be half. 17 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to stand up. You could oh, attack yeah. still, can't you? Yeah, but I'm going to use the rest of it to move there. All right, so you move away, and you're going to attack the roper itself? I'm going to uh, try and free Eska. 
about that. Okay. So you're going to shoot. With my longbow. All right. So you have two attacks to hit the tendril. So go ahead and shoot your first one. Oh, what? Oh, Hold that's on. good. That's going to hit for a 20. Let's go. So uh, I'm going to do this. Your first attack, you shoot an arrow at Eska's tendril. It pierces it, and the roper screeches out as the tendril goes limp, and Eska goes dropping to the ground. So you have a second attack. Uh, I have to make a roll for Eska. She's falling, and she'll be taking four points of fall damage, but she hits the ground, and she just says, ah, and she is now free. Uh, so you have one more attack. You can attack the tendril holding Luna, or you can attack the roper. Uh, tendril holding Luna. It's okay. Not any more food. Okay. Uh, Twenty-two. That will hit. <laughs> Let's go. So for yeah. seven, seven piercing damage, you pierce the tendril holding onto Luna. It's not enough to destroy the tendril, but it is hurt. You can see it's weakened its grasp on Luna quite a bit. Luna though has to make me a death saving throw. So just roll a, a normal 1d20. Yes. All right, a 14. Right. Luna makes one success on her death saving throw. So she is still grappled, but the tendril holding her is weakened, uh, and she is now considered, you know, one success, two away from becoming conscious, kind of. Uh, but she still could fail three times. She, she does fail three times in a row. She will be dead. Uh, Yalar, you're still technically unconscious. I'm sorry. You're not able to do anything at this point. Uh. So, Eckert, it is now your turn. What are you doing? You We're solving that right now. So, uh, Eckert, at this point, it, sorry, my total friend, I have been very busy. Um, and he is going to shove into his gullet uh, his uh, one of his two moderate healing potions. Okay. So that will heal him for... Did you bathe in the blood of this enemy, too? Yep. 15. 15. You're, you're alive. You're living. So, so Lars at 15 HP. All right. So, so that's my bonus action uh, for my primary action after I move. So Eckhart is going to move right here now that uh, Yalar is awake and where Luna is because she's making death saving throws. He can't stay the dying. It's a touch based uh, cantrip. Yeah, too, everyone. She's too high up for you to. But what he can do is throw a motherfucking sanctuary on that bitch. So. <laughs> Be saved. Uh, he is going to put that, and it is warded. So until the spell ends, any creature that targets this warded creature with an attack or harmful spell, they have to make a wisdom saving throw. And my wisdom saving throw right now at my level, um, I, it says DC fourteen, but I'm not 100 percent certain that's correct. No, my spell save DC right now is 15. I don't know why that's not accurate, but um, so I have a 15 for that portion. Okay. So, right, so that's your turn. Then. It has to make a wisdom saving throw to be able to hit it. If it can't, it has to choose someone else. Okay. All right. Now then, that would be Eckerd's turn. Uh, Eska being free, she's on her back. She's going to use half her move to quickly get up, and she is pissed. And she just looks up at the roper, and she is going to... She can't reach it with her katana, so she's just going to have to continue casting some spells. So she is going to cast a... Cannot cast any more of her scorching rays, unfortunately. But she's going to cast something else, and she is going to show out a Witch Bolt, attempting to hit the Witch Bolt. And yeah. it's going to hit the Witch Bolt dealing. See here? Uh. Uh, two points of lightning damage, unfortunately. But it is now going to continuously take damage for free if she holds on to that Witch Bolt. You all see a crackling lightning strike the roper in the side. She's holding both her hands up. 
and the continuous lightning continues to stay on the rope as it screeches. And she's going to move back slightly away from it as she does so. Sam, it is now your turn, my friend. All right, this thing is still on the ceiling, so I'm going to step. Uh, I'll stay where I am. I'm going to shoot it with my short bow since it can't do anything else because it's 30 feet in the air. All right. Now, keep in mind, as soon as you shoot your bow, it, you're going to technically be out of stealth. It's going to know where you're at. I got you. So 26 will hit, though. Nice. So we'll damage for that. 10. And, and then, yeah, um, dude, that will hit. So go ahead and do your sneak attack because tactically you have advantage because the spiritual weapon is five feet away from it. Well, technically, Luna is too, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> technically, yeah. Oof. For three. So 13 total points of damage to the Roper. So that's fine. That's still a decent chunk. The Roper, you're able to pierce the side of the Roper's eye and it just closes it, screeching out in pain. And you can hear the screech echo throughout the cavern and it just pierces your ears sam are you gonna make any movements while you're doing this no i'm using my bonus action to go stealth again okay so make me a stealth saving throw Ooh. Oof. all right so you got i'm at am i at no no advantage no advantage mm. so you made an eight total of nine technically with your cloak yeah. uh you try to sneak back into the shadows but it is pissed it looks down at sam and it knows where you are it is now the roper's turn it slings one of its tendrils at Sam, wanting to grab Sam after what you just did to it. And I rolled a 23. Oof. So that grapples onto Sam. Sam, you feel yourself a tentacle wrap around your legs, and it pulls you up from your feet. And it's going to reel you towards it as soon as possible. And as it does so, another tendril goes for Eckerd. I uh, did not take a defensive action. I couldn't. I didn't have okay. any. All right. So I rolled a 21. That's going to hit me. All right. So, Eckerd, you are now considered grappled again, as well as Sam. The two of you are now up in the air. The third tendril flings itself at Kai. I rolled really bad. Kai, you're able to dodge the tendril and has a fourth, which goes for Yalar at an eight, and I'm not able to hit Yalar. The tendril, it slinks towards Yalar. Yalar, you just take one of your, your claws, your fist, and you just, like, knock it away. No! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, no one's meal today. <laughs> well, I'm unable to get the two of you. However, it is pissed, and it's going to try and bite into Luna again, and it has to make a wisdom saving throw of 15. Wisdom right? saving throw of a 15. I rolled a 17 with its with its bonus. So unfortunately, it's going to deal damage to Luna. So damage aut- equates to one automatic failing saving throw on Luna's uh, checks. All right, so that is the uh, turn for that. So remember, Kai, if Luna fails two more times, she is technically dead. So, Kai, it is now your turn. And I won't turn. let that happen. What are you doing, Kai? You see your Sam and Eckerd are now back, or Eckerd's back into the air, and now Sam is as well. What are you doing? I'm, I'm just going to shoot the beast. Okay. He said, fuck this shit. Fucking knock him down. I catch that him. That will hit. Just, 25 for four, stay up in the air. four piercing <laughs> damage. You have another attack. I'm going to. Nice. Let's that, go. That will hit Hold as on. well. Hold on. You know what? I'm going to use my feet sharpshooter on this. So that's going to be a 20 for a total of 15 damage. 15 I damage. Like All right. Okay. Wait, wait. Total of 15 for both attacks or just the second attack? Wait, can I do it for both? I'll make it a 14 and a 15. No, no, what's what does sharpshooter do? 
Like what's... Sharpshooter, uh, when I roll an attack, I can take a minus five on the attack roll, so it'll be a 20 instead of a 25, and it'll put 10 on my attack. Oh, okay, so you'll have 15 with the second, so you'll have a total of 19 damage. Yeah. Okay, nice. All right. As you pierce the roper with your second arrow, it screeches out in pain again, and you can see it blood begins to ooze out of the side where you pierced it. It is weakening. It is hurt, but it's not down yet. It doesn't need, let us go. <laughs> I need Luna to make me, uh, unless you make a, are you moving anywhere else? No, I'll stay where I am. Okay, Luna needs to make me another death saving. Yay. So just a that's d20. Say, that's where I say goodbye. Ooh. Oh no, she succeeded. So she has two succeeds and one fail. It is now Yalar's turn. Yalar, what are you doing? You see your allies are in the air like you were. Luna is really hurt. What's Yalar up to? Give him hell! You try to eat me. And uh, he's pissed. So he's <laughs> going to throw uh, Witch Bolt at second level. Ooh. Mm, oh, that's not going to hit, unfortunately. Your Witch Bolt flings up at the Roper, but as you cast your spell, you feel that chunk that it ripped out of your leg still stinging you badly, and you're just unable to concentrate so well on your Witch Bolt, and you're not able to hit do you make any movements or bonus actions? Mm, let's see if I got any on a second. I don't have early. I'm actually going to try to move back a little bit, though. Okay. So About here. He's up in the air, so you shouldn't have any issue with that. Yeah. So Yalar takes a step back away from the Roper. Eckerd, it is now your turn. What are you doing, my friend? All right. Eckerd's doing what is truly Eckerd. All right. That'll be enough of battering the dog. Um, he, you almost hear he gets a little bit more vigorous as he starts to sound younger and he is doing healing word on Luna and he is going to cast healing word at second level. Okay. Uh, that is going to be his last second level spell that he can cast in a day. And this is going to heal her for, uh, 1d4, 2d4 plus my spell casting modifier. So I'm going to go ahead and roll that now. And that's going to heal her 10. So we'll stop with all the death saving throw business. Okay. So Luna is now, her death saving throw has been reset and she's at 10 HP. All right. And with that, uh, he is then going to take his magical blade and he is going to attempt to cut free Sam. Yeah. Okay. If there's one person here who can take this damage, it's me, you damn beast. (laughs) All right. So you go and you do a. 10 to the tendril. Unfortunately, the the weapon is unable to deal damage to the tendril holding Sam. It kind of just bounces off of the tendril as it goes to swing. It swings its tendril to the side, and it barely nicks it, unable to do any any damage to it. Uh, Eckerd is taunting it to the best of his ability. Literally, just to make this have that much more, he is literally going to attempt to intimidate. Come on, beast! You want a meal? I make a good sandwich! Let's go! All right. So let, me make, let, me, let me make a roll. <laughs> okay. The the roper screeching at Kai because it was pissed at Kai. It turns its eye to Eckerd. You're the loudest one, and you're kind of close to its face, so it stares you down. And uh, don't forget is, to heal Luna, by the way, Kai. Yeah. Ten health and points. Eska still has the witch bolt, so it's automatic damage, and she's just yelling out. She deals ten lightning damage to the roper, and as she does the ten damage to the roper. 
the roper just screeches out in pain again, and as it does so, it drops Luna to the ground. And Luna will be taking seven points of fall damage. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but Luna's still up. And yeah, not the three hit points. Not connected. Yep, not connected <laughs> to the roper any longer. And uh Eska, she's still screaming out and she's gonna she's gonna keep the witch bolt onto it because she knows it's it's on it already. Sam, it is now your turn. All right. Um it's hurt. You can see it's really hurt. I'm gonna pull out my rapier. Okay. And I'm gonna try to take a swing at it. Well, first off, when Sam went upside down, he just yelled, Oh no, not again. <laughs> and then he kind of composed himself as everybody's attacking and got a little bit more confidence. So, all right, yeah. so you attempt to pierce. Yeah, so you'll have a disadvantage though. Nope, doesn't matter. You roll um, 22 regardless. Okay, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to. So you'll do eight piercing damage with your rapier. Okay. One okay, and, and then I got my sneak attack because everybody's within five feet of it. Yeah, Eckerd is within five feet. So, yeah, you get your sneak attack. So, 3d6. 3d6. For six additional. And then I want to hit it with do my bonus attack, which is my dagger. So, do I have to roll for that or is it automatic? You still have to try and hit. Okay. All right. So, but (laughs) am I at advantage because I'm within, uh, I have people within five feet? Technically, it's equaled out because you have a disadvantage for being tied up, restrained. But you get advantage as well, so it equals out. But you did a total of, let's see, 14 points of damage. So with your rapier, uh, you can see it's going to go and bite toward Eckerd because it's next. It attempts to bite into Eckerd, but as you do so, Sam, you're able to pierce it with your rapier. How do you kill the roper? Hell yeah! I want to, as it's going in for the attack on Eckerd, I want to take my rapier and I want to shove it in its eye. And then pretty much like punch the end of my, the end of the the rapier to inflict damage, so it like pierces its brain or wherever. Okay, whatever right. into its skull. So you see, as you do so, the the roper screeches in pain, and all of a sudden, the two of you that are still held by the tendrils feel it loosen its grip on your bodies, and you both drop to the ground. I yell, oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! And you're both gonna take two d six damage. You're both gonna take eight points of drop damage or fall damage as you hit the ground. But as the roper is pierced its brain with the rapier, it just drops to the ground, unable to cling to the ceiling, and it just hits the ground, and this chunk of flesh just lies there now, lifeless. And uh, Eska takes her witch bolt off of it, and she's breathing heavily, and she's looking around. How is everyone feeling? Is everyone okay? I've been better. I'm kind of in the defensive mode, like, looking at the ceiling, seeing if there's any more, like, tentacles or anything else like yeah, another so you one see, of them you see a bunch of the stalactites and stalagmites uh, kind of just lying around but you don't see any more tentacles moving around at least okay. from what you can see well, that was fun the last two of his uh first level cure wounds that he has um because he has one as a domain so he's going to go ahead and cast this at uh first level and he's going to do so on Luna for 1d8 plus 4. So she'll be healed 10 more hit points. And then he's going to move over to Yalar and Kai. And he's going to split his ability of Disciple of Life. Oh, my apologies. That would actually heal Luna an additional 4. So I, I keep forgetting Disciple of Life allows me to add 2 plus the spell level to 
whatever I'm doing. He is going to go ahead and choose preserve life. And when he does, now that he's a third level cleric, he gets three, what is it? A uh, number of hit points equal to five times cleric level. So I have 15 hit points to disperse. So he's going to heal Kai for seven and heal Yalar for eight. And then from there, he is just going to cast his last cure wounds that he has prepared on, we'll go ahead and say Yalar, for 1d8 plus eight. So take 15 more healing. Both Luna and Yalar are healed. The party is all pretty much damaged. Other than uh, Eska did not take any damage, but everyone's pretty hurt. Uh, the Roper just continues to lie there lifeless. Nothing else it comes towards the party. And you all feel yourselves kind of just standing in this cold, dank cavern. With just Should a we bit stab of it again? Oh, I was wondering, is it is it lying on the ground? Yeah. So I'm going to cast... Are you going to eat it? No. Don't forget to pick uh, up Bog. He will. Create bonfire. Okay. <laughs> so basically, I create a bonfire on the ground, which is a five-foot cube. You're just going to look at it. Oh. I'm going to take a step back. <laughs> um, while he's while he is doing that, Eckert will cast Radiant. Okay. It's dead, so it can't ignore his damage. So uh, he's just going to put Radiant. So the fire, instead of burning like a normal flame, it is going to burn with like a holy retributive flame. Okay, so the Roper... With the bonfire being casted on top of it, soon bursts into radiant flame, and the body slowly begins to melt over time. Does it have any? Does it have any much. meat or anything like that that we could have salvaged? There's there's meat within its body. It, it is a creature, so there's meat under its rocky exterior. But yes, there is meat on this creature. I'll pass on eating anything like that. Well. I'm gonna have to do the same. <laughs> I have standards. <laughs> I'll just leave it be. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Sam? <laughs> it should burn. Burn to hell. <laughs> Yalar is pissed. He's rubbing his leg. He kind of forgets about Bob for a minute. <laughs> Actually. Are there any like internal skeletal pieces that would remain as it burns away? Oh yeah, it would have some of its bones. So. Okay, he'll uh, Eckert will take his halberd and kind of scoop out one of the bones and he tosses it to Yalar. Add it to your collection. What is wrong with everybody? What does everyone think I collect bones and the blood of the enemies? Sam walks over and picks up Bog. <laughs> Sam walks over and picks up Bog and hands it to Yalar in a show of friendship slash faith. Oh, Bog, I'm sorry I forgot you, buddy. Thank you, Sam. Anytime. Oh, thank you. He's still in pain with his leg. He's going to yeah, try he to... he had a whole ass chunk of that shit ripped out, man. He's going to try to bandage his leg up and... E Ecker would help you with that. More He's importantly, how is Luna doing? <laughs> Luna's fine. Luna's fine. She got healed up to max health. She's okay, not. We'll just say she's limping a bit from the from the chunk that was ripped from her body, but for the most part, Ecker was able to heal her back to to almost a hundred percent. We'll say she's she's not in near as much pain as Yalar is right now. Ecker with his medicine roll of a seventeen, he's making like a splint 
and he's using uh, some of the bandage wraps that he has to kind of set that up for Yalar and get that up against his wounded leg, having it wrapped up and, you know, stented to be able to help him with his walking. Will you need anything else, Yalar? I'm happy to, uh, you know, we could see if we could help fashion a proper walking staff if you don't want to uh, use yours for that purpose. Oh, Bob will help me. Thank you very much for your kindness. It is absolutely my pleasure, and I'm sorry that we even had to deal with this, Ilar. Uh, also, uh, the bone that I tossed you, I just assumed as a token of your justice, as you might say. And if you put it in that way, then that's a good point. I want to take it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't take a lot of convincing. I like that. Yeah, apparently Sam doesn't either. So, with the Roper now extinguished, the party continues forward. Eska wants to get out of uh, this cavern immediately. She's going to make way towards that that light that's coming from the walls. And as the party reaches that light, you can tell it is natural lighting coming from above in the sun. And it's piercing through some of the wall areas and some of the holes and cracks where the light's coming through. You can see it's as if there was a uh, a wall that caved in at some point. But there's enough rocks that are small enough that you can try to dig yourselves out to make a hole to get through this uh, this cavern. Is that's what you guys want to do? Or do you want to look for a different way out? Um, I think... Eska is near me at this point. Yeah, I want to make sure that nothing else tries to show its ugly face behind us. Would you mind helping me just to make sure we're casing these areas to the north and to the west? Uh, she looks over at Eckerd and just nods. I agree. <coughs> Fine with me. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Eckerd will just use cantrips to, like, cast on these different stones, light to kind of add further permanence. Cause I mean, it's a cantrip. He can cast light as many times as he needs to. Yeah. So uh, eventually then as you're lighting up the way, so you're going to go down the path instead of try to dig yourselves out. Um, he's a little leery of digging after the whole rock incident. He's just afraid that by doing that, he's going to cause something heavier to, to kind okay. of cause the fall. Okay. Um, now, he is looking primarily right now less for the fact of escape, more of making sure that nothing else, even after we escape or if we start dedicating ourselves to any of this, that something else doesn't kind of crawl out from all the ruckus to try and jump on us because he knows himself. He's almost out of magic at this point. Okay. So with that, then Eska definitely agrees to, to take another path instead of digging yourselves out. Path where you're standing right now, Eckerd, uh, ignore that. There's no path over here. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So the party you're able to, I'm assuming, uh, carefully begin to move through the rest of the cavern. As you do, you're able to continue forward with the help of the magic cantrips to light your way. Nothing else jumps out at you. And after about an hour of slowly making your way through this cavern, you eventually see light at the end of the tunnel. And as you make your way towards this light, you find yourselves smelling fresh air 
from the outsides and you make a perception what are you trying to do with the perception um he again so as for like like cavern and spelunking he's not confident in that that's not what his background is so he's more trying to smell for like fresh air so if he's picking that up that's exactly what he's looking for yeah so we'll, we'll say in the middle of that hour that you've been traveling with a with a five you don't smell anything but after another additional 30 minutes go by you do see this light and you can indeed smell i'll just say you all can smell fresh air and the light source gets heavier and stronger and you can definitely tell it's the sun it's leading to the exterior uh, of the ruins and we'll go and just say as you guys move towards it you're able to escape this underground cavern and as you do you all find yourselves above ground again but surrounding you are flat plain like environments with several hills an open sky with a couple of clouds the sun is shining down from above and as you're looking around what you would assume the location that you're in you're out of the marshes you're in these large open fields known as the Atoni hunting grounds. You're now in the nation of the Kurumo Plains. You would know much about the Kurumo Plains, Eckerd especially, uh, with you already traveling through here with your history. You understand that the Atoni hunting grounds is a very dangerous place. It looks beautiful with open fields and hills, and there's not very many mountains, but you do know the Atoni hunting grounds is a place where large beasts will roam such as dinosaurs and the large land sharks known as bullets and several large birds it's just a land of the beasts rocks will fly overhead occasionally and it's a place where people go where they want to hunt and show off you know their how powerful they are and bring home trophies but it is not a place for the weak the Tony hunting grounds is a very dangerous place and you would know that occasionally Purple worms have been spotted in the Atoni hunting grounds. <laughs> yes, so it is not a place you want to be. But if you remember last you spoke with the orc at Ogrog, they had told you, you know, stay along the border of the Darkfin Marshes and uh, Kurumo Plains. Don't step into too far into the Atoni hunting grounds territory, and you'll still stay safe for the most part. But you all find yourselves in this open field coming out of the marshes, and it's it's all flat currently with there's some trees surrounding you and it's the sun and the fresh air is very welcoming i don't know about the rest of you but i say we use our now safe area to our rear to instead be a place where we can gain some rest for now the tony highlands this area it is dangerous, and we do not want to be here for long. So I definitely agree. On the map, um, so are we are we popping out? Like, would you say like midway uh, up the the river, like on the border? So of you're you're. I would say so. You still have to pass. You still have to travel west towards the Falgar River. You're mm -hmm. not past the river. Uh, you're basically exactly directly west of the Iluin ruins boarding into the okay. hunting grounds. So we're a little bit southwest of the of the first, like that hump right there. Yes, yes, correct, correct. Okay. So uh, as you all uh, come out, you know, you, it's welcoming. You feel a bit more at ease. It's oh, bright as day. You don't feel any sort of evil or darkness around you. 
You do understand, though, that the beasts in the Atonian Hunting Grounds are all beasts. They're not evil. They're just beasts. So um, it, it would do you well, especially with a ranger, to stay away from these beasts. They may not be evil, but they are an wild animals. So with that, then, go ahead and say that will end this episode of Taverns and Caverns Side Stories. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Taverns and Caverns. Before we go, you can follow me on Twitter at HaphazardDM. Yeah, uh, my name is Jake Life. You can find me on Twitter at JKLife. You can also find me on Instagram at the same. Yeah, I'm Rod, also Rodimus. I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and plug my uh, social media. Maybe it might encourage me to actually use it more. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Rodimus83 and on Twitter at Rodimus7901. And I'm Patrick. Thank you, Hap, again for having us and inviting us to this. And you can find me on Twitch at Casper, spelled with a K, uh, the Wicked, W-I-K-I-D. And you can also find me on Twitter and the same thing. I'm... Mark, thank you, Hap, for letting me experience my first time on D&D. I actually quite enjoyed myself, even though I was quiet for the most part. But uh, I have nothing to plug in social media-wise. All right, cool. Well, no problem. That's okay. But those are all of our players. You can find them all on the Twitter or Instagram handles that they've mentioned. And again, you can find Taverns and Caverns at tavernscaverns.com or tavernscaverns.com on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone, and y'all have a wonderful day or night.